Welcome, my friend. You are exactly where you need to be right now. It is not an accident that our paths have crossed. I'm confident that you are here because you are wanting more out of life. Are you ready to live your life with purpose and intention? Are you wondering how on earth to pull it all together? How exactly do you turn your ordinary days into extraordinary days? Girl, let me show you how to stop facing the day ahead and start faithing it. Join me, Sarah Elizabeth, each episode as I encourage and motivate you to place unwavering faith in the direction Christ will lead you and surrender yourself to His vision for your life. He's custom designed a life for you beyond your wildest dreams, and I want to help you discover all that He has planned for you to experience. Together, let's put God into the driver's seat of your life. Let's go. It's time to faith your day. Welcome back, my beautiful friend. I hope that you had a wonderful Easter weekend. Well, your girl here didn't get any chocolate Easter eggs because I'm really trying to stay on plan and avoid sugar, but I did get the COVID for the first time. Yeah, the COVID, that gift that keeps on giving. I'm feeling good though. I'm on the mend, but if you notice that I sound maybe a little bit raspy or stuffy, my apologies. That's why I'm going to try to edit out any nasally or snotty parts because no one wants to listen to that, right? But I'm here. I'm so excited to be with you today. And you know, I love hanging out with you, especially on a Tuesday. I've titled this week's episode of the Faith Your Day devotional podcast, You Have Said So. Do you ever feel like you have to respond and react to preconceived notions of who you are? Ever feel like you have been prematurely labeled, judged, and have people around you who like to assume they already know all there is to know about you? Get the feeling sometimes that certain family members, co-workers, friends, and even complete strangers at times assume they really know you and know the extent of your limitations and potential, even when they have no clue who God has created and called you to be? Well, you're not alone, my girl. Even Jesus had the same problem. In fact, the assumptions people made about Jesus go far beyond what you or I face in our day-to-day -day life. What people unknowingly believed about Jesus ultimately led to his death on a cross. So what can we learn from him and his ways that might help take a little pressure off of us the next time someone's labels, assumptions, and judgments cause us to doubt who we really are? I spent some time reading the various gospels over Easter weekend, and I took a closer look at how they each recounted in their own way the days leading up to Jesus's crucifixion and resurrection. I recently heard a great description that summed up the Gospels to say that while Matthew, Mark, and Luke have many similarities, John is actually quite unique and written to be quite distinct. The explanation to this is that Matthew, Mark, and Luke really show us what Jesus did, his miracles, signs, and wonders, and that the Gospel of John shows us who Jesus was, his character, ways, and nature. One thing I know is that I love reading all of them because they reveal and can teach us so much about Jesus, highlighting words that he spoke, actions he took, and how much he loves each one of us. They also can help to reveal to us who we are called to be as well. 
Prior to his crucifixion, Jesus was questioned by Pontius Pilate, who asked, Are you the king of the Jews? All four Gospels highlight him being asked that question. In three of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Jesus' response to that question was exactly the same. You have said so. Matthew chapter 27 verse 11 says, Meanwhile, Jesus stood before the governor and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? You have said so, Jesus replied. Mark chapter 15 verse 2 says, Are you the king of the Jews? asked Pilate. You have said so, Jesus replied. Luke chapter 23 verse 3 says, So Pilate asked Jesus, Are you the king of the Jews? You have said so, Jesus replied. However, in the Gospel of John, we read this in John chapter 18, verse 33 and 34. It says, Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus and asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea, Jesus asked, or did others talk to you about me? What can these responses show us about who Jesus was? Now, I'm no scholarly expert, but what I take away from these verses is that it didn't matter to Jesus what Pilate or anybody else called him, because he knew exactly who he was, because he knew who God had created him to be. He understood his calling, his purpose and potential. What his accusers and convictors called him didn't change who he was. The words and accusations didn't matter because all that mattered was that God had called him. He really was the king of the Jews. He knew that. So whatever Pilate or others questioned or believed was irrelevant. It wasn't going to change what was true about him. You have said so was a response that turned the tables on the one asking the question. You, my sister, have truths placed upon you by God himself. You too have many things that people will question about you. Assumptions will be made. Labels and limitations will be given. But just like Jesus, you have a God-given calling and purpose to live out. You might not understand right now how things will all play out. You might not understand how things will all come together. But please understand this. No matter what anyone else says, your truth comes from the maker of heaven and earth. While thinking about this, I remembered a story that I used to read to my class at Easter time years ago when I taught grades one and two. The story is called The Three Trees by Max Lucado. And in case you've never heard of the story, I found the Coles Notes equivalent of it to go over with you right now. Once there were three trees on a hill in the woods. They were discussing their hopes and dreams. The first tree hoped to be a treasure chest filled with gold, silver, and precious gems, decorated with intricate carvings so everyone would see its beauty. The second tree said, Someday I'll be a mighty ship. I will take kings and queens across the water and sail to the corners of the world. Everyone will feel safe in me because of the strength of my hull. Finally, the third ship said, I want to grow to be the tallest and straightest tree in the forest. People will see me on top of the hill and look up to my branches and think of the heavens and God and how close to them I am reaching. I will be the greatest tree of all time, and people will always remember me. After a few years of praying that their dreams would come true, a group of woodsmen came upon the trees. When one came to the first tree, he said, 
This looks like a strong tree. I think I should be able to sell the wood to a carpenter. And he began cutting it down. The tree was happy because he knew that the carpenter would make him into a treasure chest. At the second tree, the woodsman said, This looks like a strong tree. I should be able to sell it to the shipyard. The second tree was happy because he knew he was on his way to becoming a mighty ship. When the woodsman came upon the third tree, the tree was frightened because he knew that if they cut him down, his dream would not come true. One of the woodsmen said, I don't need anything special from my tree, so I'll take this one. And he cut it down. When the first tree arrived at the carpenters, he was made into a feed box for animals. He was then placed in a barn and filled with hay. This was not at all what he had prayed for. The second tree was cut and made into a small fishing boat. His dreams of being a mighty ship and carrying kings had come to an end. The third tree was cut into large pieces and left alone in the dark. The years went by and the trees forgot about their dreams. Then one day a man and woman came into the barn. She gave birth and they placed the baby in the hay in the feed box that was made from the first tree. The man wished that he could have made a crib for the baby, but this manger would have to do. The tree could feel the importance of this event and knew that it had held the greatest treasure of all time. Years later, a group of men got in the fishing boat made from the second tree. One of them was tired and went to sleep. While they were out on the water, a great storm arose, and the tree didn't think it was strong enough to keep the men safe. The men woke the sleeping man, and he stood and he said, Peace, and the storm stopped. At this time, the tree knew that it had carried the king of kings in its boat. Finally, someone came and got the third tree. It was carried through the streets as the people mocked the man who was carrying it. When they came to a stop, the man was nailed to the tree and raised in the air to die at the top of a hill. When Sunday came, the tree came to realize that it was strong enough to stand at the top of the hill and be as close to God as was possible because Jesus had been crucified on it. You see, sometimes people will have their own version of who you are and all that you can become. They'll try to tell you what your purpose is. However, what you need to focus on is that God has a purpose and a plan for you. When you place your trust in Him, you will be able to begin to see and understand the purpose you were created for. When people question you and make assumptions about you, you can follow Jesus's lead. Don't worry about defending yourself. Don't worry about needing them to believe you or understand why it is you want to do what you do. Reply with, you have said so. Their version of you doesn't matter. What matters is what God has said about you. My friend, please stop holding back, living small and playing it safe because you are worried about how you will be perceived by others. In the story, each of the trees ultimately got what they wanted, just not in the way they had imagined. I want you to trust in the process. We don't always know what God's plan for us is, but we can't live crippled and weighed down by someone else's version of who we are. We can't live our lives trying to measure up or to morph into what someone else feels is best suited for us. They might see the manger, but they don't realize the treasure it will hold. 
They might see the boat, but they don't know the king it will carry. They may see the cross, but they can't understand how it will become the fulfillment of God's ultimate sacrifice. My sister, please know that your circumstances, no matter what they are right now, will be used to carry out your purpose. God will use this all for good. Maybe for too long now, you've been pretending to be someone you aren't because it's what someone else expects of you. Take time to ask God this week to reveal to you who he has called you to be. Ask him to show you what you were made for and what purpose he has created you for. Do you want to pray about it together? Hey, Jesus, we are coming to you just after Easter. We want to say thank you. I mean, thank you isn't words enough. It's, it's hardly, hardly gratitude enough for what you did for all of us who deserve so little. Thank you. Thank you for dying for us. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for dying for every person listening to this on this day, in this moment. You did it for us because you love us. And we have no words to say enough thanks, but thank you. Lord, you know what each one of us is here for. You know our purpose, our potential, and all that we are capable of. And if we don't know yet what that purpose and potential is, please help us to take time to just slow down and to listen, to let you guide us as we walk on this journey with you. Lord, everyone listening has their own hardships, their own circumstances, their own sacrifices that they are making as they walk in this life. And I just ask that you bless everybody with exactly what they need for this day and enough to keep on going, to persevere, and to just have faith that what you have planned far exceeds any of our expectations. Lord, again, thank you for giving us the gift of you and the gift of Easter and the gift of your resurrection so that we can have eternal life with you. We ask all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you once again for taking time out of your day to join me here. When I do up the show notes for this episode, I'll go ahead and make sure that I link to Max Lucado's website. He is the author who wrote The Three Trees, but he is a Christian author who has written so many amazing books, not just for kids, adults too. He's one of my favorites. I'll link it just so you can check him out. I mean, not affiliated in any way. I just love to promote his content because he is just such a phenomenal writer. So that'll be waiting for you there, but I will be waiting for you here next Tuesday again when I come back to you with another episode. Until then, I wish you all of God's blessings from my heart to yours. Bye for now. 